reality is secondary to perception. It doesn't matter what the mayor, governor, president says. An individual is either going to feel safe in a restaurant, and it doesn't really matter what the city says. If somebody's not comfortable going out and traveling, they're not going to do it. So what we have to do is change that perception. And what I've tried to do is not focus on cleanliness. And so I want that to be assumed with AK. What I want to do is appeal to the inner nature, the romance, the sexiness of travel again. I want them to to reignite this idea of traveling and having these experiences and maybe seeing a city from a different perspective, whether it's Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, uh, to use this opportunity to get away from home, escape from the reality. Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, I talk with Larry Corman, the co-CEO of Corman Communities and president of AKA Hotel Residencies, a fourth-generation real estate company and luxury residence with hotel services across the globe. Larry tells us about how they are creating a wow factor and the importance of creating these memorable moments for their residencies in these times. He underlines that the importance is to allow the guests to escape reality and embrace the romance of travel again. We talk about the impact the pandemic had on them and the learnings and how innovation in tech and the changes they're implementing will help them reimagine their current offer while still keeping hospitality at the core of what they're doing. It gives us some insights into the importance of hiring unbelievable people in creating the right environment and giving them autonomy, and they will undoubtedly create amazing things and navigate the storm you are hitting. Larry is a powerhouse of energy and positivity, and there's lots of great leadership advice in here on how to navigate the current situation and improving your game. Grab your drink, notebook, and enjoy. Today we are in the 1st of December, actually, gone through this crazy year. And today's guest is going to take us a bit on a, a journey, I'm sure, because I had a uh, just had a conversation before the podcast, but actually touch point, point with Larry before the this conversation. I can tell you that it's going to be an interesting conversation where we're going to be talking about everything about uh, entrepreneurship, to give permission to operate, to uh, how you rethink your hospitality and hotel business. You're in for a real, real treat here. So welcome to Larry Crowman from AKA Hotels. Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me. I appreciate. Uh, Larry, and you are you're 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 calling in from Philadelphia today. Is that correct? From Philadelphia, and it's sunny today. It poured yesterday. Beautiful today. Yeah, it's beautiful here in the in the UK as well. Uh, sunshine is out uh, on the first of December, and uh, as we talked about a bit earlier, we'll not go into much to that because we are not virus and uh, vaccine experts. But it, it looks like there's a bit of sunshine on the way to hospitality as well within a foreseeable future as well if we start to being able to deploy vaccines across both the US and and the UK definitely a light at the end of the tunnel i agree 
So, Larry, I had had the chance to... Somebody introduced me to your business and said we needed to have a chat because uh, you have a different approach to, to business. Uh, and I started studying your businesses. I would rather say there's more than AKA, but you can explain that. But for people that doesn't know who Larry is and what AKA is about and all the other businesses you're involving, can you give them a bit like uh, the elevator piss and the overview about what kind of business you're in and uh, what you're all about? In one sense, we've stuck to the knitting for over a century in residential real estate, but the company is a fourth generation business. Uh, we started with my great grandfather developing, acquiring and developing land. Uh, it evolved to developing apartment communities with my grandfather and my father pioneered the first furnished apartment in 1966. My brother and I have been taking uh, the evolution of that furnished partner apartment concept to its highest iteration. And we have three divisions, ARC, AV, and AKA. ARC is our apartment residences. AV is our new generation of apartments and furnished apartments. And AKA is really our highest iteration of the uh, hotel residence service residence concept. So I've really uh, focused uh, much more with uh, uh, that part of our business for the last 15 years because we're blazing into new territories, new horizons sort of a balance the style and hospitality of an intimate hotel with the space and comfort of a fully appointed luxury condominium. We champion weekly and monthly stays. So it's uh, standing for something very specific and special. Who is the, the typical people that would use that type of accommodation? So so, if so I've, uh, so the, for the listeners out there. It's funny because it's certainly altered this year versus the last uh, 14 years uh, for AK. It's really global citizens, people traveling globally who understand the advantage of a residence over a room. Uh, it's corporate travels, C-level travels. The film industry discovered us in New York uh, in 2008 where they want the uh, anonymity, the cachet, uh, the room to reside as opposed to just a hotel room uh, being on a silver platter. So it really has varied. And then in this last year, we've reinvented ourselves in some ways uh, as we've stayed more domestic. So it's been some, uh, it's still the film industry and some people using our residence as a place to work uh, for privacy. It's healthcare workers, it's newscasters, it's the Department of Defense, it's uh, uh, students who want to still be in the school, but the parents want them in the security and safety of a residence. So I think what we always stood for was a, a residence of a room, but this whole idea resonating even more so of these self-sufficient sanctuaries where you have a kitchen where you can cook and, and dine, you have a re uh, living room where you can work and relax beyond just the bedroom itself. So with all those generations, you, you build the business and uh, and also now you're focusing on the, on the short-term stay. What is, that, what is the one thing that makes your clients when they, they go in and uh, stay with you say, wow, you have some quite amazing uh, testimonial on your website from, from clients? So it's funny that this is the start of our second century. We start, we were incorporated in 1919 and it's now 2020. So we uh, had these high expectations to uh, achieve all these new things in 2020. And instead we're really appreciating the things we have accomplished. And I think those things that we started to maybe take for granted are resonating anew with our clients. So I think our concept of wow has always been the wow without the owl, starting with the value proposition that you could uh, get a residential experience with the 
price of a, a smaller hotel room. So the value proposition has really gone to another level of this idea of the self-sufficient sanctuary. So this idea that you can have a place to work where you can cook a meal in the privacy and safety of your own resident is a well in and of itself. But we've tried to uh, have this opportunity, not only by virtue of having more time with the individual resident, but because we have a lower occupancy than normal, we have a little bit more time to focus one-on-one. So when, uh, and I'll just give you an example, when the uh, restaurants closed down, our property, AK Beverly Hills, has reciprocity with Spago. Wolfgang Puck, uh, during one of our resident receptions, which we do every Thursday to create raving residents, uh, decides to surprise our guests and on our third floor terrace, have a barbecue for all of our residents. At AK University, where we have a lot of patients who are still coming, regardless of a pandemic or not, to Children's Hospital Philadelphia, uh, we had a couple uh, come in with their three children. The middle child was going through cancer treatment. His uh, favorite thing in life is sports. And we happened to have a production staying with us that involved LeBron James, Adam Sandler, and they were staying about 100 suites for three months at three of our properties in Philadelphia. And we were able to arrange for uh, a surprise with LeBron James to, to him. And uh, we set up our movie theater, which holds 24, for him to watch uh, the young child and the family to watch the games and movies like Elf. And we had a popcorn maker and we had all the candies you would have at a theater. So just creating those memorable moments for an individual resident. We have that ability to do that. Uh, at Sutton Place, somebody walked in and they saw Richard Gere working on a script with his a director. Somebody went into uh, uh, one of our theaters and saw the boxing set up uh, and they could have their family down there. So it's just creating memorable moments at each property, uh, having the pool open at Sutton Place where they can go down and take a family swim. It's just really wowing each individual in a different way and try and humanize it to what they're looking for and what their needs are at that time. I guess this has been very important. You know, you already touched on, you know, since this year became totally different, uh, the pandemic uh, hit us. Just just in a in a very short uh, overview, how, how did the, the pandemic affect you guys and the business you are in? Uh, because most of hospitality has been, you know, really hit in, in a hard way and really have to find very creative ways of uh, moving forward and getting on, on the other side, if we can say so. There's no question hospitality has been hit as hard as any group, whether it's airline travel, cruise boats, hospitality, hotels, uh, food and beverage, all have been hit hard. And we were too, but it sort of had an east-west flare. We were in the middle of our high season in Q1 in Los Angeles. So we had a lot of people from overseas, Kuwait, China, who had to linger longer with us until they could get flights out. So it was actually a boon for us in our uh, AK West Highwood and AK Beverly Hills. In New York, we were experiencing a lot of people about to come and a lot of travel globally canceled. So it was a tale of two worlds for us between the East and West. But I think very much like the stock market for AKA, we had that drop in April. And ironically, we were having our best two and a half month period ever. So we were off to an auspicious start. And it really took us by surprise in March, the second half of March and April. By May, we started to reinvent ourselves and look for other ways in which to resonate and uh, be relevant for certain individuals. And we started finding that with people who didn't feel comfortable going to their office, with students and parents who didn't feel comfortable having their son there, with healthcare workers. So we started rebuilding like the stock market. And we've just had three unbelievable months and 
the last month, uh, September and October, have been two of our best months ever. So I think uh, we were hit hard. We all as a team, the whole Disney philosophy, many hands, many hearts, came together and said, all right, what are ways in which we can be relevant? So as an example, at AK White House, the Department of Defense took a lot of properties. The czar for the vaccine uh, stayed with us. News agencies, students, Airbnb sent us 10 long-term uh, residents. So all of a sudden, we have 90% occupancy, which we usually don't have this time of year, uh, at our normal rates. So we found a way in which to reinvent ourselves, but still remain true to the vision of AK just to appeal to a different group, more domestic than corporate or global. And I guess some of these people, if they hadn't stayed with you, they would normally have stayed in a hotel. And you said that the comfort and safety of staying in almost like your own home, be able to prepare your own meals so you didn't live off takeaway food and so on when you are or when you need to be away from home in in times like these probably also has been quite a unique selling point for, for you guys to be able to create that environment for them. We've also seen uh, throughout the summer these staycations where somebody doesn't want to necessarily go globally. Just as global people aren't coming to us, we're not going out to them. So there's people in Santa Monica that have stayed at AK Beverly Hills. There's people uh, upstate New York who have come down and spent some time in the city. Uh, one of the things that New York did brilliantly, and, and we've uh, followed that lead in Philadelphia ourselves at AK Rittenhouse Square, is create these beautiful outdoor settings for restaurants. People love eating outdoors. And when I go to our LA properties this year, I love eating outside. They just canceled outdoor dining. But New York really uh, did a great job, the food and beverage industry, of creating these spectacular, uh, intimate settings outside. So I think people were intrigued to come there. Uh, you might, on the news, just see some of the horrific things happening, but there's a lot of beautiful things happening throughout our cities also. That actually leads me to the next question, I think. It is very, what is, the, you know, all the things you've seen within hospitality, your own businesses, what is the biggest surprise in all of this? Well, I, I think it's perception is reality. We always know that uh, reality is secondary to perception. And there is going to be, it doesn't matter what the mayor, governor, president says, an individual is either going to feel safe in a restaurant. I'm, I'm chair of Philly Films, so we've closed our theaters. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what the city says. If somebody's not comfortable going out and traveling, they're not going to do it. So what we have to do is change that perception. And what I've tried to do is not focus on cleanliness. And so I want that to be assumed with AK. If we have the highest cachet within the service residence industry, and we were just awarded for that. I think people know we're going to take cleanliness next to godliness. What I want to do is appeal to the inner nature, the romance, the sexiness of travel again. I want them to to reignite this idea of traveling and having these experiences and maybe seeing a city from a different perspective, whether it's Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, uh, to use this opportunity to get away from home, escape from the reality of that. So I see all these other hoteliers talking about clean, clean, clean. I think they they know that's important. And I think you're reminding them, well, maybe now's not the best time. So I want to uh, appeal to the subliminal of the romance, the escape of travel and experience. And uh, have you been surprised about how um, the, the travelers has navigated this? Has they had that been better than you expected, or had exactly had they been more cautious than you expected? Because people have still be been traveling, and there's still a need for you know maybe even from a work point of view to travel sometimes. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm still traveling every week to New York, to New Jersey, to Philadelphia. I've gone to Miami a couple of times. We're looking for properties there. I've been to LA a few times. Uh, I'm supposed to go to Chicago and uh, Toronto this month. Uh, so I think people have been very respectful in the airports. Everybody's wearing their masks. I think it's a very simple thing to ask of people to do that. And I'm seeing overwhelming uh, acceptance of that. I think people are very good and companies about cleaning, about taking the precautions. Uh, so I, I am actually very impressed by how our country has responded. Uh, there might be more things open in Florida than there are in California, but those places that are open are doing it in a respectful manner from what I see. What is, uh, how is it looking for you? Now we talked a bit about the short term here right now. How, how do you see this evolve for, for your business and general for the hospitality business as we, we go a bit forward the long-term view? How is the, the coming period looking? You know, it's funny. It, it, as we said, there is a vaccine. It is going to start. Uh, it's slow for us in the first quarter in Philadelphia and uh, New York. So if we can have this transition, and we're using it as an opportunity to get some work done, uh, we rebuilt uh, AK Times Square, which was built in the 1890s. So the whole building's been covered in scaffolding throughout 2020. Uh, we're using this opportunity to, uh, because the opportunity cost is at its lowest level. So I really anticipate there being a transition in Q1, but by Q2, and maybe it's the end of Q2, uh, we return to some semblance of normal. And uh, unlike many others that are predicting 2023, 2024 for a full comeback. I'm anticipating a full comeback much sooner. I think by July 1, you're going to see Broadway open. And I think people are going to have a passion to return to some semblance of normal. They're going to go out and see some of their favorite shows. They'll come stay at AK Times Square. Uh, so I am very bullish about this ricochet effect. I've seen it in our own business, this V-curve that the stock market took, but so many so many people don't experience that with the stock market. So, so many in hospitality haven't seen that return. I think these are, we're reaping the dividends of being weekly, monthly, quarterly, uh, appealing as a residential uh, escape versus a room, uh, this perception of cleanliness and cachet and all that. So I think we have an advantage over others, but I think all of hospitality is going to return because I think people are by nature want to uh, have the camaraderie, uh, the community, the travel, the adventure, the experiences. So I am much more bullish that when uh, this herd immunity takes place, the 60, 70%, that people are going to be out and about and traveling. And again, it's the perception of feeling comfortable and confident to do so. But I, I'm much more bullish that the second half of 2021 is going to be uh, very positive. It definitely sounds that, uh, as you say, you are definitely having a more progressive thinking about how the future look is there is there anything from what you've seen and heard from your your clients as well and your, your properties that you know that people are hungry to come back out traveling are we here from our uh raving residents all the time we have uh, groups in australia lynn santa who's working on a production who stays eight years in a row we have a whole group from saudi arabia that love ak come every summer and would not take their deposits back that's one of the things that has shocked me and i think is a testament is we were absolutely willing to give everybody their money back. And there's groups like the Saudi group who come every single year that refuse to take the money back because they don't want to lose their place for next summer. Uh, so we're seeing uh, and hearing from our residents that they can't wait to return and come back. And I think globally, people uh, are more open and more willing uh, to seek adventure and uh 
return to some semblance of normal. So I think domestically, we're seeing it where they get in a car and are driving. So you see that. I think globally, you're going to see more flying probably before Americans start flying out. Uh, others will fly in from Europe, from Asia. So I'm very bullish. It's interesting. What does it mean? Uh, do you think that, uh, you know, you've probably, uh, we can talk a bit about like innovation because the, you know, the industry, the innovation levels has never gone faster in my view in all the, the decades I've been involved in the industry. And this is like, uh, this is probably the fastest I've seen people innovate. If it's in restaurants, hotels, come up with totally new ways of creating revenues and testing things, you know, before maybe, ah, we're not going to do that because we, we know it's not going to work now. You just test everything. How is, how is innovation, how is this impacting you now and how you, you said that you're going to use this period to, to get ready? Are you innovating on new things? Are there new things that has to be tried, new ways of doing things, new way of serving the guests and so on? Yeah, I, I can tell you on a macro level, our chief uh, information officer uh, who was with the Four Seasons uh, when they went from 18 to 88 hotels, been with us for 10 years. On some ways, there's so many things he wants to do. And I, I always want to keep the hospitality, uh, hospitableness in hospitality. So I don't want to over uh, techn- do technology for these longer term stays because I want it to feel like a residence and not a hotel room. But uh, there are things we've done since COVID where you can remotely uh, check in. You can remotely uh, call your elevator. You can remotely open your door. You can check in uh, from your suite itself. So there are things we've done. Uh, just as a fun example, we have a golf studio in our AK University on level 28. And we've had to close that just like a gym. So what we've done is we've created these robotics where we happen to have 18 floors, residential floors above the 28th floor up to the 46th. And we made each one a golf course. So you put on these glasses, you have basically a robot that goes with you and you can either walk it by the staircase or you pay more for this robot who is programmed uh, with the elevators at each residential hallway is a golf course so you can play one-on-one and that's within the legal limit so we've used technology to reimagine the things that we've offered so for instance with our fitness centers when we had to close all the fitness centers we have living rooms we have large screen tvs we have a program with samsung who's our partner and we have fitness directors on the east coast and west coast so what we started doing was not only doing fitness classes in the privacy of your residence so we would let them know and we're partnered with uh techno gym techno gym has taken it more three-dimensionally you could do it at 2 a.m you could do it at 4 p.m you can do 3,800 different programs from the comfort of your own living room. It could be stretching yoga. We also partner with some of our restaurant tours, the chefs at our restaurants who are working from home and you hear about these ghost kitchens. So you could be in the comfort of your kitchen with your laptop, learning how to prepare Thanksgiving with Eli Collins at a kitchen. So we've really tried to think differently about how we take this uh, program. Uh, then there's certain things that aren't really technology-based. We added pet spas at all of our properties. So uh, dogs and cats have become very important uh, during this time period, and we want them to feel that they can go into a private area and groom them or have them groomed uh, and brought back up, have an area where they can run and get exercise because some of the parks near us are closed. So we've taken some of the human elements. We've made sure our internet and Wi-Fi connections are to the highest level. Our cable offering, our TVs are of the highest order because people are more dependent on Zoom, on TV, and all that. So we've looked at ways in which to enhance the way our guests are living today. And we have that ability. We have our fingers on the uh, on the ne plus ultra of what's being done residentially to enhance that. We always are mindful of doing those basics. So for instance, we have 
uh, a strip on each door and we keep a resident vacant for four days rather than two hours or two days so that we can do a full cleaning. And when you open it, the manager, the head housekeeper, everybody is signed off in it. And you have this strip that says AK access uh, clean. You rip the strip. And once you go in there, everything's, there's a mask, there's the, uh, and we, we do a fun thing. So there's a mask for when you're outside of AK, but then there's a sleep mask for when you're inside. So you get a good night's sleep. So we want to show that you don't have to worry about the mask necessarily while you're in your residence, everything's clean. But while you're here, we want you to wear a face mask. So you get a great night's sleep. But when you leave AK, here's a mask uh, with AK logo. Uh, so we're really using some of the human touch elements coupled with technology to create that sense of, uh, freedom, of safety, security, so that they're sane and safe while at AKA. And technology can help do that, accomplish that. That's super interesting. And, and is that something you're going to be evolving into the, the new now? Trying to do, you, you said you have collaborated with you know Wolfgang Puck, you mentioned, uh, like the very famous chef. Uh, and funny enough, I'm in, have interviewed and is launching very soon one of his uh, one of his inspirations. I think it is is Jeremy Tower. I sponsored that documentary uh, with Jeremiah Trotter and uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, and uh, and it's interesting when you can get pe- people like that involved. There's also they they they're more than chef. They influence people's life as well, and in the way they 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 game changers in a way. And uh, are you going to see that you're going to be doing more of that kind yeah, of I'm stuff? Yeah, I'm actually. I've been in conversation for the last few years with uh, Jean Georges, who is arguably one of the greatest chefs in America, and we have this concept. And I don't want to say too much, but uh, of not only acquiring properties and adding this food element, but managing condominiums for others and even buying uh, homes in uh, maybe groupings of 36 in the Upper East Side and offer this idea where you can uh, have these great meals at home in the privacy of your own home, uh, uh, have to go meals at our property. So at AK Central Park, we may convert our cafe in these to go meals by Jean Georges. We may add uh, one of his restaurants, his first restaurant, into AK Tribeca, where you have it brought up and you can have private meals downstairs. You can have the public space. So it's this three dimensionality of food and beverage. So we have, for instance, one of the famous uh, director has triplets, and he stays every Thanksgiving in one of our three bedroom residences at AK Greenhouse Square. And Eli Collins, who's a celebrated chef within Philadelphia, uh, has his sous chef prepare Thanksgiving in the comfort of his residence each year. So this idea of food and beverage has always been linked to hospitality, but the way in which uh, we can take it to that next level and have it uh, be more three-dimensional is learning how to cook meals in the comfort of your own kitchen, to serve meals in the comfort of your own dining room, to make snacks while you're working late at night and not requiring room service to bring something up that would be exorbitant and dry and take forever. So this idea of having a residence, having a full kitchen, learning how to cook, uh, having cooking classes, we have something called the Livet program, where you can train with some of the best chefs in the world. So this whole partnership with the chefs that we already are partnered with. uh, And if you look at our makers uh, section within our website, stayk.com, you talk about these partnerships and how we can make it uh, more three-dimensional. And I think that's what people are yearning for, is not just uh, eating well, eating healthy. Uh, and that's part of our focus for 2021 is really getting back to a different sense of wellness. Uh, so we're prepared for uh, a pandemic or anything in life. Uh, so this idea of food and beverage relating to wellness is very important for us at AKA. And we take that seriously. 
Yeah, and uh, it's so interesting that uh, you know the, the two gr- the ground pillars of your health is, is is a great sleep. We already talked about that, and then the next thing is the diet. And you know, the, the more plants you eat, the better your immunity is, um, and the better better quality of those plants you eat as well. Working out well, eating well, and sleeping well, and and we enhance that. So we take that three dimensionally. Everything we do is three dimensionally, and uh, it's the ways in which we enhance that ability where it's there for you to use, but we also make it uh, easier and more accessible to apply at a higher level. Larry, when you talk about all these things, I can almost imagine this uh, experience. Uh, I almost feel Danny Miles. Uh, uh, way of expression, hospitality as well. Uh, how do you make that happen? Because I know from being in the industry many years, like creating experience demands some kind of different setup than just uh, a simple top-down operation. Uh, what, how do you actually manage that? And how 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 is uh, how do these property be able to operate on their own? First and foremost, you have to communicate with your guests. You have to ask the questions, and that's where technology can load that so you have that information. Uh, So it's very important to be proactive in that sense. But one of the things that we do that's unique is you have to, if you want to stand for something special, and we're not about quantity, we're about quality, and we buy these beautiful historic landmark properties, we reimagine them, we transform them into beautiful properties with design. So you want them to, to respect the original vernacular of the original architecture, but then you want them to operate in a very unique way. So we pride ourselves in hiring unbelievable people. And I view them as the president of their property, which is why I had the title of president of AK because I want each individual property. These are two, $300 million properties. I want to have somebody who's the president of their property. So if you hire these great people, they want autonomy and you want to give them that ability to be entrepreneurial and to spread their wings. My father allowed me to do that. So I think if you hire the right people and you create the right environment for them, they'll do things that amaze you and they'll try things uh, without the fear of them not working or getting slapped on the hand. And we encourage that in every way. There's certain things with our vision, our culture, our values that are irreplaceable from property to property. There's certain consistencies with our cleanliness and our sheets and frette and all that stuff. But the real characteristic of a property is the Jenna Aarons at Central Park or the Jennifer Doherty's at Southern Place or the Aarons at DC, the Evans at University City, because they have the freedom uh, to really do things uh, beyond the normal. And what I found that is most unique from that is the way in which they engage with their uh, customers and each individual person. I get email after email after email. I think uh, Evan, as an example with that CHOP uh, family, he's had one CHOP family, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, experience after another, where we have the number one ranking of 120 uh, hotels in Philadelphia. And we're really not a pure hotel. We get ranked number one in customer service uh, every year. And it really comes from Evan, Sharon, the entire team, uh, many hands, many hearts, as Disney said. And it's that ability for a managing director to truly feel that they have that autonomy. And you find they go three-dimensional with each individual resident because they get the quid pro that if you wow your resident, if you wow your team member, they're going to wow the resident. If you, It, it all works as a circle of life. And uh, I think it starts with that ability for a managing director to feel that they truly have ownership of their property. 
And I guess that also they grow with the, the challenges they learn from because you said it's okay to make mistakes. It's actually very important to make mistakes because that's the only way we improve our standards and uh, performance. Uh, I guess that if you come from the outside and join an organization like that, there's, there's a bit of a learning learning curve because normally in many businesses, we are told what to do or there is a prescribed way of doing. This is how we do it around here. But you can't create an experience. That's that what you're saying if you don't give them autonomy. I actually watched my father when he was leading operations. I was a young man, uh, a young boy going with him on the weekends. He he encouraged, he challenged the managers to do something outside the box and have it fail. He challenged them just to break uh, the, the, the innate desire to sort of get along and not rock the boat. He challenged them. So I think I've taken it to that next level by hiring people who have already proven themselves willing to uh, rock that boat and take those challenges. So I think it's a little more within their nature to do so. And I've looked for people that ilk. But uh, when they actually see it encouragement, I share stories of other properties and other leaders who have tried something and share that, uh, it encourages them even more. As we talked about uh, failures, what have been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? You know, I think everybody to some degree has their head in the sand and wants to stick to their knitting. And I think early on, I was sort of uh, not accepting what was to be. So I I thought, oh, this will pass. It'll be three, four weeks. And some of the things that we probably should have implemented in March, uh, maybe in retrospect, uh, closing AK Times Square when Broadway closed. Uh, I probably didn't. I really thought that it would be short. I thought we, you know, sometimes you have overconfidence that you can sell your way out of a situation. And maybe sometimes it's bigger uh, than what it is. So I think with a property like AK Times Square, where we were deciding to do all the local law 11 work, it was completely covered in uh, uh, scaffolding, wrapped to do all that uh, tough work. Uh, we had all the restaurants and Broadway closed around us. The hotel across from us uh, was taking uh, uh, some people through the city. Maybe it wasn't uh, the best thing to stay open, but I err on the side of our team members and our partners, and we have some of the best partners on planet Earth who uh, appreciate us taking that human quality. So I think I erred for the right reasons on behalf of our team members, uh, and some are local six and some are not, but I look at every team member as the same and part of our family. And I I feel like there's some way in which uh, we can do it. And it ended up that after time, we did find students who wanted to be at Times Square. We did find film crews that wanted to have their own residence. And uh, we lowered the rate to make that work for some of these groups as a temporary stopgap. But I think at first, it was really not recognizing that this horrible thing, like who would rain on our parade at the start of our second century? We had such visions of grandeur going into this new, uh, uh, so instead of looking at all the things that we uh, could accomplish, as I said, uh, we really have changed our focus on appreciating all the things we have achieved to date and then embrace what's happening and look for ways in which to resonate. So I was probably a little late. Some of our team members were well ahead of me on that. But admitting the, your failure is uh, probably a bigger, bigger win than uh, a failure in a way. And then also the gratitude that you, you put to the past instead of thinking about the now and here. I think that's a really, really great way of seeing it. 
you mentioned your dad before that you got inspired by what he did and how he actually encouraged people to to make mistake and learn and grow with it. Is there any other people that has been influential to you and the way you've developed? Well, my dad first and foremost, and I used to go with him on the weekends when I was two years old, three years old. I started working uh, on the summers at age 10, on the weekends at age 16. So I always knew I wanted to, one, uh, be in... Uh, housing, some form of real estate, residential real estate. And I want to work with my father. I certainly want to work with my brothers uh, as well. Uh, what I loved about working with my father is he imbued such passion coupled with compassion. So he had compassion for each team member. He had compassion for each uh, resident staying with us, but he had such a passion for what we were doing. I mean, nobody uh, embraced grass cutting more than my dad. He loved healthy turf, the basics. He championed those basics. I think what differentiates my dad uh, from myself is at a young age, he introduced me to Louis Kahn, who was uh, a famous architect who at the end of his life was building our home. So I got to meet him on a few occasions and ask him some questions. And it wasn't just the experience of meeting Louis Kahn, this great architect. It's what happened after and living at that home as a child is my dad's deal with him before he had passed was that he would open up the house to architectural students around the world. And people came from all over the world to the suburb of Philadelphia to see the house. So at first, I didn't understand why these people were coming and looking at wood or brick or glass. Uh, but this appreciation and championing of these basic materials, uh, the idea of glass, uh, 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 of uh, light and shade and space. All these ideas at a young age started to impact me because individuals from around the world were explaining it to me and having it come to life. So not only was I subliminally meeting these unbelievable, generous people from around the world, from India, Japan, uh, England, I was also learning about the impact and importance of design. So I think what differentiated me, and I always had a passion for this, even before we moved to this house, I would stay up all night redesigning my uh, bedroom, which I shared with my brother. So he'd wake up and the bed would be in a different position. So I, internally, I always had a passion for design, but it was able to be uh, expressed and taken to higher level by virtue of this affiliation I had with uh, the last uh, residential commission by Lewis Kahn. I could go to MoMA and talk to Peter Ward and uh, hear more about that. I became friends with Nathaniel Kahn. We did a fundraiser to raise money for uh, my architect. So I was given entree into the world of architecture and design at a very high level. I met people at a young age and uh, that idea of design really transferred into what I wanted to do with very basic apartments. We had these 23 apartments in Philadelphia that uh, you know were sea level apartments, brick, mansard roofs, uh, and sort of upgrade them and trade them and work our way up, uh, my brother and I, to Corman communities where we were buying newer properties. We were building our own properties. We were working with uh, second tier designers, but really cool designers, young designers, and then kept working our way up from uh, Corman communities to Ave to AK, where we're now dealing with some of the finest architects on planet Earth. And it's really... Uh, uh, assuage my desire for design to take these old buildings, to breathe new life into it, to uh, create these new properties uh, uh, that are the ne plus ultra of living uh, with these courtyards and these amenities that haven't been seen before. So I think uh, that combination of my father and then Louis Kahn had a great impact. And then there's different people like Ian Schrager within hospitality, uh, where he created uh, drama and excitement. Uh, Walt Disney, where he had that team spirit of many hands, many hearts, and showmanship. Uh, Av, to me, was always, and that's how we came up with the name Avenue, was 
we were taking the nightlife of Vegas with the day life of Disney and imbuing that so that theoretically, whether you're living one month or one year at an Av apartment, it was like going away on vacation every day. Why just do that one week a year or two weeks a year? Why not every day come home to a vacation? So a lot of these uh, individuals influenced me, but uh, I would say the greatest influences today are really our team leaders, our team members, and our residents, because I hear ideas that are coming from somebody actually living there at 2 a.m. on a Sunday or working there in the maintenance shop. Uh, so that's where I'm getting my best ideas these days. So it's an evolution as you go from your teens to your young adult, adult uh, life to where you are today. And that's part of the excitement. Great. That's like some really, like really, really deep reflection on the, the different layers. Actually, it's almost like your your life journey and how actually the, the, the focus has shifted on how you get you get inspiration and uh, ideas from. Uh, and it's super interesting to hear that. I'm actually talking to you and underneath my desk is a pillowcase I was given my second year at Duke and it has the word Corman. It has 23 uh, apartment logos, Bill Square, Meadowbrook, one button square. Uh, so when I was at Duke, I was a business major and a political science major. And I remember a teacher saying you could only write on one page and I'm verbose, as you can tell already from this interview. So being succinct was a lesson I had to learn. But one of the things he uh, talked about was uh, uh the whole being stronger than the uh, individual parts. So one of the first things I did when I started in the company in 1986 was take all our individual costs, which were, you had 23 properties, they were all buying from 23 different paint companies, is to bring that in and to use uh, bang for buck, our purchasing power. I flew to Whirlpool and worked out a million dollar account deal. And then I came to marketing and saw we were competing against each other and we taken all these ads out. So my dad and I met with an agency, a friend of his, and talked about uh, how can we bring this all together. And the only name that we could uh trademark was our own. So we came up with Corman Suites and uh, we had 23 locations in one market. There was no cable TV. There was no internet. So we were able to do TV ads and radio commercials. I got Howard Stern to do our first radio commercial uh, in 1987. Uh, I'd heard about what he had done from Snap for Snapple in New York. So brought him to Philly to do our commercial. And we became the name brand like Kleenex or Band-Aid for a short-term furnished apartment, twice the space, half the cost with Corman Suites at these C-level properties in Philadelphia. So that taught me a lesson also uh, uh, of how to create a brand and use that brand, the power of the brand, to enhance the ability for each individual property to have a level of expectation. Then it's up to us to exceed that expectation with those experiences that we talked about. And that's a justification too for enabling each individual leader to have that autonomy and entrepreneurship. That's super interesting. You can see again how history plays out and family history and values plays out in, in, in your in your journey there as a, as a business. How, how do you keep yourself, Larry? I just wanted to take it a bit back to you. How do you uh, keep yourself in a good place in all this uncertainty? Because, you know, you have to you have to turn up pro every day. But in the moment, it's like you're playing the the, the NBA final every day. It's moving so fast. It's so demanding and there's so much to be done that there's not enough hours in the day for for any leaders right now but what do you do to to keep yourself in the in the right place of mind 
Well, I think during this challenging year, you know, it's frightening, it's frustrating, certainly from a business perspective, you have to look for silver linings. You have to force yourself to look for silver linings. Well, one of them is I have all my kids at home. Uh, my daughter's back in New York now, and she's working with the company also. But I have my two sons at home who one just graduated from Penn, one's a uh, uh, majoring in physics at Penn. But having them home has been really fun. So uh, around five o'clock each day, we go for a walk. We live next to a beautiful vineyard. Uh, the owner of that vineyard where we produce our Avin wines, our Chardonnay and Maritage, allows us to walk those grounds. So just the walking. I used to go hiking on Saturdays, Sundays. I always work seven days, but I had Newfoundlands. I had four different Newfoundlands. And I would take my Newfoundland work half a day on Saturday and then go to the Poconos and go hiking. So hiking is my way to really escape. And I do my best thinking. But this uh, this year, I've been able to take family walks uh, through our land and through our uh, the vineyard next to us, which is 250 acres. And it's just very cleansing. And you come home and then uh, to have family dinner together, we thought those days were behind us, my wife and I. And uh, my son for Father's Day bought a Traeger and he's cooked a meal every night for us. He's a phenomenal uh, chef uh, and he appreciates some of the restaurants and restaurant tours and chefs at our properties. And uh, he has been cooking meals for us. And just the idea of having a home meal together, I can't just focus on my phone or talk to my wife about business. I really am relishing hearing what they're doing and what they're thinking about. And it gives me a perspective what the younger generation is thinking about. I've learned more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and social media than I ever thought I would know this year. And and it's funny when we scale it back to what we really want to connect with is these simple things, isn't it? It's not some kind of crazy aspiration sometimes, just being able actually to, to actually enjoy that and have those moments, it's principal moments. You 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 as you said, I didn't believe I will get that ever back again in my life. And uh, and here you are, you know, you can in, uh, have a second run of it. Uh, I remember when my wife and I went out to a restaurant, it was Blue Bell Inn. It's a restaurant from the 1700s, just sitting in the parking lot and having a civilized meal. We're like, whoever thought we'd appreciate a meal as much as we are right now. So I think this is the year of heightened awareness and appreciation for the things we started to take for granted. We have to learn not to sweat the small stuff. And I see it every day at our AK University where we have so many families really dealing, you know, there's nothing worse than your child facing life or death. So our problems, while grand in the business sense for our partners, who I take very, very seriously, uh, the amount of money they're losing or the investment they're making, I take that very seriously. But you have to put in the context of the bigger picture. And I think we have to appreciate those things that we've learned to sort of push to the side and appreciate the people around us and family and uh, all the good things that are happening. So I, I, I think the sacrifices we have made uh, have been very little. I think Chip Conley uh, uh, sent me something where he talked about people who are 99 years, what they went through in their lifetime, and we're being asked to sit in a living room or wear masks. So uh, while the sacrifices aren't that big, I understand it's scary, it's frightening, certainly from a business perspective those of us in hospitality, but this is the time to remind ourselves and uh, uh, recognize the importance of all those great things we have around us. And this heightened sense of awareness and appreciation, I think will be the hallmark of 2020. And they say hindsight's 2020. I think we're all ready to get to 2021, but I think that'll be the hindsight of 2020. I, I can hear gratitude within that as well. Uh, you have already, Larry, given some really stellar advice on, on very specific things about how you do things and you just, again, appreciation and, 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 and be in the moment and don't sweat the, the, the small stuff. 
uh, in the end of the show, I always ask the guests to give like their top three advice to, to other leaders out there or people in the industry looking for ways to, to bounce back. What is your top advice for the audience out there? Last week, I was uh, at our AK White House in the heart of D.C., a block and a half from the uh, White House. And this is just a little lesson I just shared with our team members. Uh, we had we were hosting a group for Martin Luther King Jr.'s 50th anniversary of the march uh, in Washington. And rather than board up as everybody in D.C. was doing, I mean, two stories of boarding up. I, I've been in Philadelphia. I've been to L.A. I've been to New York. I've seen some boarding up. But D.C. is really boarded up. When I went to our property, there's not one board. We took the entire frontage, which is wide, and uh, we enveloped the glass with uh, a picture of Martin Luther King delivering his speech. And uh, uh, we said the march lives on. And we were doing it because so many people associated with that production were staying with us for several weeks, several months. So we thought it was respectful. And we certainly didn't want to put boards over that. What we discovered is we were probably the only property in that area that was not touched. And I think it communicated a message, love over boards, that what we found were people of all races, of all ages, taking photos in front of this. Uh, It became a selfie spot in that uh, area. So I think there's a subliminal message that uh, uh, love, when it's the easy thing to do is put up a board, the harder thing is take a chance on your neighbor and show that spirit of love. So that's something that was uh, learned to me because we also had a bar which was broken. It's and looted. And uh, we immediately fixed it back up. We couldn't reopen it, but we reinvented ourselves. And I think that's the second message is learn to reinvent yourself. So a bar became a VIN and we're selling really high end uh, wines. We're putting together these picnic baskets with one of our neighboring markets where you can do a $99 basket, $129 basket, and it's two or three wines, some cheeses, some meats, a picnic basket, a, a, a blanket with AK logo. So you can go into Rittenhouse Square and have a picnic. So I think you have to be willing to uh, reinvent yourself so you're relevant and you resonate. So I think that's the second uh, one. And then my last advice uh, is B3D. That's uh, is don't fall into the trap of, well, we'll do everything by Zoom. We'll do everything remote. We'll go at home. We won't go back to the office. We won't travel as much. Uh, travel smarter. So instead of me every month going to LA for three days, I might go once a quarter for a week and a half and be more three-dimensional that way. But I think in hospitality, certainly the way in which we've approached it, and my father taught me this at an early age, you have to kick the brick. You have to be on site. Your team members uh, need to see you there. Your guests need to see you there. You keep your finger on the pulse by hearing what your team members have to say. Every team member, you hear what the guests have to say. Every uh, guest, as many as you can come in contact with. Every time you're in an elevator is an opportunity. But I think this idea, if you can get away with saving some money and be one dimensional, you're going to be at a disadvantage versus the others like us who are going to be as three-dimensional as ever. So this idea of reinventing yourself, of being 3D, it all goes to what my dad taught me, which is to work backwards. What do you want to accomplish? Where do you want to be next year? What do you want to accomplish? What's your vision? How does that come to fruition? It always takes a little hard work and a little luck, but between hard work and luck, there's a game plan. And that game plan does involve being more three-dimensional. You can't not reinvent yourself. You can't just do what you had done and rest on past laurels. So I think this idea of being 3D uh, opens you up to working backwards, to looking forward to putting together a plan. But there's certain things that you do need to do in order to be successful. And I don't mean successful just in higher occupancy, higher ADR. I'm talking about the intrinsic 
part of it, your team members, your team leaders, yourself enjoying what you do, having that passion refueled, reignited uh, in 2021. So I think most of us in hospitality would do it if we don't get a paycheck. Maybe a lot of us aren't getting a paycheck. Uh, I forego on that and I still would do. I'm working harder than ever right now. So you either love what you do or get into a different business. And I see that in the food and beverage. These restaurateurs are passionate about that and they are doing it without getting a paycheck and they'll continue to do it. So I think we have to be committed to not fall into that trap, but to even more so express ourselves, really take it to that next level, come back with vim and vigor in 2021, and let's really recreate hospitality to resonate and be relevant for this new normal. That was a great one to end this uh, conversation on, Larry. That was absolutely super, super advice, and especially about the the reset, as you said there, said in the end. Larry, I'm sending uh, you all the power and energy you and your your team and families need to uh, to walk through the the last phases or phases uh, i don't know if it's one or two or three phases of of this challenge if i knew that i'll probably be doing something else it'll be a gamut <laughs> of phases uh, so so and i i'm i'm sure we will connect uh, in in a due course as well it's it's been really interesting to hear about you know the story of uh, the family business but also how you actually you've been walking through the pandemic and how you've been learning and how you've been growing uh, uh, as a business also as an individual ceo uh, a leader in that business. Michael, I really appreciate it. And one of the uh, PSs to all this is uh, we won this award. We thought nobody recognized it because we won it on March 12th as the best overall service uh, residence brand in the world. Uh, and I think March 13th, the next day is when the whole world changed. But uh, since that time, we've had partners come to us, new partners wanting to grow this brand uh, and acknowledge it. So uh, the irony to all of this is where we thought we were taking a big step back, we're going to end the year where we're going to take steps forward. So we have partners in place for both AV and AK to double the size of our portfolio in the next year. So uh, good things come uh, as one door closes, other doors open, and it might be a long hallway in between, uh, but good things will happen. And as Lewis Kahn said, joy will prevail. Larry, thank you so much for sending hope and positivity to our industry. It's so needed in these times. And also thank you for sharing your amazing experience about creating amazing hospitality in your businesses. If you want to get inspired about how to create memorable moments, please also tune in to episode 24, Exceptional Hospitality Leadership with Peter Avis. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share, rate, review, or subscribe to one of our channels. Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to the tribe and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there will be a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening and be maverick.